Hello. Hello, Merlin. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you? I'm doing, I mean, I don't want to overshare, but I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Oh. What's up with that's you? Not, oh, oh, you know, I'm good. I saw a video I'm, of you. Yeah. I'm, I'm down to two cans of seltzer at work, so I have a little <laughs> bit of a... Oh, that reminds me. I gotta go get, get mine now. And get your LaCroix? Yeah. I had a... Actually, it's been a big week. It's been a huge week. Um, for a variety of reasons... Hmm. Nice. For a variety of reasons, I still uh, use cans for Can. some things. Yeah. But uh, I'm back on the uh, the SodaStream. Those jackals at SodaStream that still have never sponsored us. I'm back on SodaStream for home use. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, but I've got a little bit of a crisis because, like I said, I'm down to two here. I'm, I'm about 24 ounces away from falling apart. <laughs> I got a coffee. I got one can of seltzer. I just opened it. TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. I want to recommend something to our listeners. Yes, you there. Uh, here, I think it's an Austin company, but I'm sure it's uh, international. Uh, there is a cooler company called Yeti, Y-E-T-I. Nothing to do with the Blue Yeti microphone. Yeti Cooler. Yes, I'm putting it right now. Premium into... Coolers, Drinkware, and Gear. Yeah, over-engineered. Hmm. And uh, the Yeti Coolers Rambler Colster 12 ounce with a, it comes with a limited edition can inside mm. of it. And it's one of those cans where you can screw off the top and like hide your secrets in it. Comes with oh, that. Like it's, like it's like a spy thermos? It's like a spy thermos. Well, these are kind of cool looking. Uh, they're very expensive, uh, especially if you're used to spending about a dollar or getting one of those koozies, cozies, whatever you call them, uh, free, like at an event or something. This yeah. thing is incredibly expensive, but like it'll keep your can, it'll keep your can cold for many, many, many hours, if not the whole day. It's really oh, I see great. the holster. Yeah. Oh, this looks. Uh... This looks artisanal. I got mine in there right now, but they're a big, they're a big Austin company and they're uh, wonderful, wonderful things. Wow. Double, yeah. double wall. That's a funny space to be in the, the, I don't know. There's just so many things today, whether it's the app store or beer koozies or what have you, there's so many things where like you get used to paying like a commodity price for something and then somebody figures out a way to make it better. And I have to be somewhat advisable about some of those things. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, child's jacket. We're like, I, I would like her to have nice things, but I, I have a whole ritual I go through where I, uh, when I pick her up and I, I look, I, I automatically like I scan the playground. Do I see green jacket? Do I see green jacket? Right. You know, heads up display. And then, um, I'll go through the lost and found because the thing is the schools today, you know what they do? I don't know if your lost and found does this, mm. but every month or so they take everything in lost and found and, uh, uh sell it. Oh, from, oh, right, right. Sure. I think it mostly gets turned into like bath mats and stuff, but you know, that's a bummer. Like, she, you know, she's had some really nice things that just went away. You know, she's reached an age though where like, you know, it'll, we're in that, uh, in a regnum between like we take care of everything and she takes care of more stuff. So mm. that leads to a lot of buying like not very costly tights, not very costly jackets. She doesn't leave her tights at school, thank God. But uh, <laughs> that would be a whole other uh, show, I'd say. <laughs> sure. But as far as we know, she might be swapping. You ever swap shirts when you were a kid? You ever no, swap shirts? Nope, nope, you ever swap shirts? Never. Never swap shirts? Never. That was, a, I think, a kind of enjoyable male bonding thing when I was a kid, swapping shirts. What brings that on? You're just, I like your shirt. Hey, I like your shirt. Here. 
Well, as you know, most of my friends are cooler than me. So they would frequently have shirts that I didn't have. You, so you swap a shirt. Um, she's not into that as far as I know. But uh, this Yeti looks nice. Twenty nine ninety nine. put it in show notes. There is, like, beware of the cheaper versions. There's something weird about the cheaper Are they, ha- are they haunted? No. I don't know. Haunted. They're not haunted. haunted. They just, the, the black part on top doesn't, doesn't close correctly. That's what Donald Trump says. Oh um, beware of the haunted koozie. You will <laughs> in about three days. Yeah. Beware the haunted koozie. Rambler coaster by Yeti. Uh-huh. Not to be confused with the microphone. Mm. One of these days I'm going to sit down and taxonomize the voices. Oh, please do. Yeah. Yes. I got called on the carpet by John Syracuse last night because I was, I was reusing a voice. I was, using, I was using open letter guy in place of just generic person from the internet. Alas. Oh. <laughs> Dear NASA. Um, hmm. Thread. Anyway, internet's a funny thing. Rambler, Colster, Dan, in as much as you're comfortable saying, or legally obligated, where would people find show notes for for episode diggity 307 of your back to work program. Ah, 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 307. Already we've got propagated with, uh, with, with links. Oh, it's already propagated. Already. I got beef with you. I got beef with you, buddy. All right, let's hear it. I got beef. I got beef. I got big beef. Big, 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 big beef with Dan. <laughs> let's do it. Big Benjamin, big Benjamin beef. Yeah. Benjamin button beef. Okay. You know, I, I've always liked the name of your podcast network. I think okay. it's clever. I think it's good. I've always thought it was good. But uh, uh, for some reason, I, I think I blasted a bunch of history and bookmarks not too long ago. <laughs> that URL is really hard to type I on know. iOS. I, I It's hard it, to has type. That, have you ever experienced that? Yes, I'm sorry. It's uniquely <laughs> different. It's uniquely, I never think of it because like, I, now here's the thing. I've got text expander shortcuts for most of these. Where like if I type uh, numeral five L I V E, and it does the uh, live feed, it just pastes it right in. So you know if I'm in a uh, text expander compliant text editing facility, that's sure. Alan Ginsberg voice, um, then uh, that works fine. But yeah, you got you got to do a lot of switchy changey on the keyboard. I know. I apologize five, five, five. for that. It, but there was no was there an iPhone when I started that? And yeah, I guess there was. There'd been for we didn't a, a have year regular phones then. <laughs> I know. Back when we still called them netcasts. I never anticipated that someone would ever type that in on them uh, in mobile Safari. Who would who would use mobile? No, I don't know why I picked that. It's an internet communicator. Are you getting this? Uh, um, let's see. Yeah, let me see. How I'm doing on this drink. Ah, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Mm, 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 mm. I'm detecting a slight bleach taste, uh, like a bleachy taste in my home. Uh, soda. And I don't know if that's a change in the water. People in San Francisco have been complaining about a change in the way the water tastes. In, and I in think San Francisco. Well, people in San Francisco complain about everything. Take it to next door. But the, uh, you know, one of the things is that when they, they switch over systems at some point, I think during the winter, and then I guess at another time, they switch between like, there's a change in the way the water is sourced, as you say. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes you get like a funny taste for a while. San Francisco, for all of its many, many problems, it's a horrible place. But we do have really good water. Good water, clean air. Just don't look on the ground. Huh. Mm, don't look down, buddy. <sighs> so it's definitely been a big week. I don't have t- 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 too much prepared for today. I went through and I culled 
some uh, previous uh, listener uh, feedback that we had not had a chance to get to in the past. I got that in my pocket. Okay. I figure you're going to talk for probably an hour about the Hackintosh. Well, you know what we could do? Not built yet. Not built yet, but I, I'll talk as long as you want. All right. Well, we'll let's make this our follow-up with Dan episode. <laughs> Following up with Dan. Follow-up. Did you get your Hue lights in yet? Uh, no, because I've, I told you there, I've received too much pushback on that and an incandescent bulb, standard incandescent bulb was purchased now and is up there. You got that shell. She, didn't she buy a shell? Yeah. Shell. Okay. A shell. Uh, okay. Okay. So check. Got that. Uh, Hackintosh haven't started yet, huh? Uh, everything's, everything is, uh, ordered and I'm, what I'm doing is a lot of people mm-hmm. tweeted me and emailed me to say, Please tell us more about this and document it more. And you touched to, a nerve. Yeah, because people are interested. There are people who are interested, and one of the things that I found, I before doing this, I thought it would be fun to study all of the existing materials out there about this, and obviously that means watching a lot of YouTube videos and reading the articles. It's it's actually if you've ever built a PC or worked on one, it's pretty. I mean, I would say it's pretty straightforward, but. The most complicated thing I ever made was a Lego TARDIS. Well, so yeah, so, no. I mean, there's stuff. But you used to do this for a living. This I, used to be your bread and or butter. Right. But the, the thing about it is whenever I find people talking about it or talking about the components, components. Components, as you say. Uh, mm-hmm. of, of building a PC. Just the idea of, forget the Hackintosh part, right? Just how do you build a PC? Can you even do that? Let's talk, just focus on that for a minute. All, and then you start diving into this incredible, uh, would, do you call it a K-hole? K is that what you, is that the thing? Yeah, you disappear down a K-hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. KMFDM is a drug against war. Yeah. Y- yes. And so you go into this and what happens is you find all of these reviews about all of these different products that go into it, but they're not written the way that a typical product review you you might anticipate a typical product review to be written. For example, I have this thing made by a company called Yeti that keeps my uh, my Lacroix really cold. I would be able to give you a review of that, and you wouldn't need to be an expert on keeping drinks cold or Lacroix or uh, soda cans or even little uh, colsters to to understand the review. It's 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 approachable by everybody. Anyone could understand this thing. Whereas when you go into the computer thing, you're like, oh. I, I'd like to see a review of this computer case, this chassis. All of a sudden, like it's geared at the most hardcore die, like intense gamer crowd who have been building and customizing their own PCs since they were born. And, and it's completely impenetrable for a regular. Do, do any of those game. people have uh, surprisingly strong opinions, Dan? Yes, they all, they all do. And it's, um, it's just such a strange it's such a strange thing because it unless you're already in the community and knowledgeable you can't be in the community and you can't understand any of the videos and the reviews and and the things that people that that that, that there you'll see a guy who's saying oh you know the lack of uh of uh self uh I don't even know the term for it you know when you unscrew a screw and it like stays in the little thing that it's in it doesn't come out it doesn't come all the way out it's like it has a little fastener that holds it in place so you don't lose it like 
oh, well, the lack of those on this case makes it a thumbs down for me. You know, like mm-hmm. they nitpick at every single little detail that you wouldn't even, you know, like it, it's like if somebody drove up a brand new, I don't know, Ferrari and parked it in front of your house and you got in and you said, it's a good car, but the placement of the lighter is a little bit uh, too far to the left for me. So I'm going to have to say this car sucks and don't get it. Like, how do you differentiate that from a legitimate complaint, which is, you know what I'm saying? Because they're all given it anyway, it's impenetrable. So I have done, I have penetrated it a deep penetrating dive into this mm-hmm. on behalf into of the, into the K hole, into the K hole so that our listeners don't have to do that. And what I'm going to be working on is I build this isn't just because there are plenty of how to build a BC that are so much better than anything I think I would be able to do. But what none of them really do is say, okay, here's the stuff that I bought. Here's why I bought it. Here's how what it's used for, and here's how it fits together in five minutes. You know, in yeah, something because yeah. there's nothing like that. And I so then I got worried. I got worried because as as you know, and as I'm sure all of our listeners know, I won't actually be running Mac OS on this thing because that would be breaking the end user license agreement. Uh, I would never do that. That explains your tweet. Because that was my next question. Okay, understood. I would never do that, but... Because that would break the EULA. That would break the EULA. Mm -hmm. But hypothetically, if someone wanted to do this, I'm going to show them how they could do that if that's something that they want to do. But what if, like, uh, you know, what if Tim wants to bring the whammy down on me or something? Tim might very well want to bring the whammy down. I'm a public figure. It's not, I'm I'm not, I'm not just a a nobody building a Hackintosh. I'm, you know. You're somebody, you're fair game. I'm fair game. Yeah. So I'm, I'm worried about that. But somebody told me a mutual friend of ours said Apple won't care. I've I've heard I've heard the same. So yeah, they got bigger fish to ruin. That's <laughs> <I'm> right. <sighs> so um, yeah, you know what you're describing there. It's um, it, it's a phenomenon that you see in a lot of places where there's reviews or mm, I guess general commenting. But it, but it's a funny sort of paradox. Where like on the one hand, like when it comes to stuff, like I'm one of those suckers that will go to Sweet Home or the wire cutter because I'm just like, ah, right. just tell me the best tweezers. Like I don't want to think about this. <laughs> yeah. And in so many cases that really works. But even with them, like I was looking at sound bars on there and it's like, you know, their most recommended sound bar is really, really costly. And they explain why that is. And then they have these other options. And, you know, it's back sort of back to the days of wired. I used to love the thing in wired where they would when they would review a class of something, they would say, like, okay. Like, here's the one you probably want to get. Here's the one if you're on right. a budget. Here's the one if you don't, if you, money's not an option. Um, but the thing is that what people look for in certain kinds of things has everything to do with what you're describing, which is magnifying this one detail a million times. And your Ferrari or Jaguar analogy, I mean, another one would be, well, it's going to be really hard for me to put uh, like a, a a, a baby car seat in there. Right. And of course, anybody who has a Ferrari would go like, well, I don't even know if you can put what does it even have a seat? Like, I don't even know. It's got a cockpit, you know, like, no, well, obviously that's, that's probably a bad, um, that's, that's, that, that's not for you. Right. Like to, that's not the kind of car. And for a variety of reasons, it's probably not good to put your baby in a Ferrari. La la la. Right. But, and you, you get that. But the thing is, there's a million things like that. Or, you know, like uh, like our friend John Syracuse, who I'm always mentioning on here, like him with fan noise. Or there's all these kinds of things where like there, this thing could be, you know, it's like what you often hear people say is, you know, this was the deal breaker for me. This was this was the uh, deal killer for me was it right. won't do this one thing, even if that's 
it doesn't retain its screws in the way that I expect. Retaining the screws. But, you know, it, it's hard. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not complaining here. I'm just, because I think it is really useful to do a deep dive on these things. But like, for example, like right now, I um, I have a, I guess it's it's technically a RAID, but I've got a, uh, a hard drive set up that I use for media and some backups. And I didn't, when I bought it over a year ago, I wasn't really accounting for the RAID redundancy part. And the, the truth is I just need more space on it. Right. But like, I'm not even sure exactly where to begin with this. Like, I like the company that sold this, but they are very heavy on the tech details and it's a little harder to go in. I, now I'm, I'm just, I feel like such an idiot because I'm sitting here, I've got this iMac that's, I guess, whatever, a year and a half old. I've got this thing and I'm like, I don't even know if I have USB 3 on here. And if I have USB 3 on here, what's involved in swapping these out? Like, have I locked myself into a series of automobiles by not, <laughs> what kind of device do I get to back up the device before I put the more things in? And like, my mind just starts reeling over that. And I yeah. just, I just kind of shut down and well, I find the it problem very- that it's that shutdown that you're talking about. At some point after I looked at this stuff, I I spent days doing, it. I'm like, you know what? Like f- I'm not even going to do it. It's so much of a hassle. Well, you know, another example is TVs where we've had the same 30 some inch TV that served us well for many years now, (laughs) but there's something wrong with it, which is that uh, intermittently, usually at least once a day, how do I describe this problem? Uh, Often when you turn the TV on, the picture will not come up. Mm. You see like interlaced like little lines that over time more lines appear on the screen. Oh. There's probably a really, might be a really easy fix for this. But the thing is, like sometimes it doesn't happen at all for a couple of days and then other times it takes 30 minutes for the TV to get to where it can show things. The, the TV is, it's, is showing its age. We kind of bought it on the cheap. I don't have any desire to spend more than I need to on a TV, but I'm kind of on the bubble about it. I've just been looking. And like going in and like trying to figure out what TV to buy is, it's almost like buying a mattress in in the sense of you go and you say, well, you know, when you like in the nineties, you would go like, oh, you know, if you want this thing, go buy a Sony, you want that thing, uh, you know, go buy a Macintosh. Like it was relatively easy. But now, like, even if you just say to somebody, you know, Samsung and Sony make pretty good TVs. Well, first of all, millions of people are going to come out of the woodwork and go, ah, never buy a Sony because never get a Samsung because And so that's your, the first wave that hits you in the face is that. But even if you get it down to like, you know, roughly what size you want, I don't really personally, I, I don't have any reason to care that much about the manufacturer, but you go to Sweet Home and like they say, they say, here's a good TV that's not too expensive and it's, it's 4K, but you know, it's not the greatest 4K, but like this is a TV that you could get. And then you got to try and find the, the number for it and does the number match up? And this is where you're getting into mattress country because pretty soon you're going to places and you're like, okay, but like, is that the 2015, 2016 model? And like, you shut, I shut down. And, and so I just closed the window. Yeah, I, I, I realized this is the <laughs> ultimate first world problem is not buying a TV. But like, I, I just, I go, it, it just feels like, and, and that is magnified, I feel like two or three times by going to look at storage options where there's so many multivariate things to keep in mind. I guess they all pretty much do USB 3 now, but I'm not even sure my computer will do USB 3. Like Thunderbolt is clearly not the thing that it was a few years ago. I know, I know. And so I'm looking at Apple Pages. Should I see a blue thing on the USB to know if it's a thing? And then you're looking at all these options and there's like 
there's like 50 different like four terabyte things you could get. And you're like, why are there so many of these by the same manufacturer? Oh, some of these have hard drives. Some of these don't have hard drives. Some of these have free cloud service included. And it's, it's so bewildering. I'm not sure where I'm going with this. I think the coffee's kicking in. No, but I, I, I'm, I'm glad that there are people with strong opinions out there. I guess I particularly do value uh, the people who are able to cut through some of the, the cloud of information and I, I will always be, well, first of all, step zero, I will always be most grateful to my friends who I can bug about this. Like uh, I recently made a technology purchase and was able to ask my friends on Slack, hey, will this work with this other thing that they have? And a bunch of people like not only could say yes or probably, but like went out and found the spe- specific like documentation I was missing. They're the best, but I don't want to do that all the time. Right. You don't want to become like I have accidentally done. I, I now know more about building a Hackintosh without even having built one yet. Uh, than than anyone else that I know or could personally contact, and I didn't want to have to do that, you know. And I think if any if anything, that's why Apple's not concerned or scared, you know, because they it's just like what you're saying. There are people who are experts out there on these different things, but like I don't want to have to become an expert on motherboards just to be able to buy one. And you, but you have to, you have to. Well, yeah, and also because it isn't like buying an album which is the thing that music used to be on. It isn't like buying an album. It isn't like watching a movie. There, there's a lot of money involved and there are stakes for getting it wrong. It may be difficult to return. It may be, there's, there's all kinds of things where like if you got this one little, if you missed this one bullet you didn't know you needed to be paying attention oh, to, right. you could get it way wrong. You know what? Wanting to go out and buy like an Innova uh, sous vide wand. Right. Like, like, okay, well, oh, you know, you could buy this one. Oh, but did you know there's a wireless one? In addition to the Bluetooth one, right. you go, oh my gosh, well, obviously I want the wireless one. Well, to a person, every every friend I have who I have the Bluetooth, everyone I know that bought the wireless version is like, meh, you're fine with the Bluetooth. Like, does that matter? Like, does that price difference matter? Is Has this thing been refurbished? But, you know, this is um, this is an old point, but like, this is something I try to keep in mind. Whenever I'm recommending anything, I, I try to figure out, to, to me, the, the greatest expertise that you can bring as a reviewer or a helper is context about what the person's concerns, limitations, and interests are. So if you're able to avoid ear somebody and say, well, you know, how long do you need this thing to work? Like, what's your budget really? How much do you think you'll, how does history show how much you'll actually be using this thing? Whatever that is, whether that's a Ferrari or a hard drive or an Innova wand, it's helpful to ask those questions. And then you can from your giant, you can go into like a Sherlock Holmes, like a, like a mind palace type situation. And you're able to take this huge corpus of data and boil it down to a few things and be able to ask increasingly specific questions that help guide somebody to understand the process. The beauty part there is like, they don't need to learn everything about a Hackintosh or an Innova wand. That's your job as the pal. And so that's why, whether it was on 43 folders back in the day, or when we talk about a movie today, I still think it's really valuable to try and identify based on how you feel about something, what you know about something and what you know about the person to say, this is who I think this might be good for. And conversely, who this is probably definitely not good for. And then with various asterisks added on, but that's, that's what I, I guess value the most. And honestly, I think that that's why I said like wire cutter or, or sweet home. I, don't, I guess there are others out there, but before they came along, it was always like, Oh, you go to consumer reports or you go to when <laughs> you go to the best buy site I like somebody who gives me some context. And that's the thing is uh, there is 
there is something to be said for people who are going out there and they're testing it and they're coming to the conclusion that, you know what, like this one is pretty much the best. And, you know, you could nitpick a couple things here and there and maybe it's not like the best forever. But when we were testing, this is the thing that we liked and it's pretty good and you won't go wrong if you buy this one. And that's generally the right answer for 99% of of the people who might be reading that article. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. and and it it's it's weird to think but, but right now there there really are some things that are clearly better than most of the other things that are out there you know and when something like that's there it's still not always easy to find it you know uh and and there's things that are not that subjective there are things that are pretty pretty clearly the right way to do something or yeah, well, they'll, they'll, where there'll be a clear winner for now, but the for now part is really important. Uh, right before we started recording, I was listening to do, 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 do connected and, um, uh, and, uh, Dan and Mike and Steven were talking about, you know, Dan Morin has been getting in front of, getting in front of the whole like home device lady in the cylinder thing for, for a while now. He's been a big advocate. One of the people who like inspired me to get into the uh, Amazon lady in the tube ecosystem. Uh, but you know, they're talking about like comparing the new Google home thing. And I think that's a pretty good example of what we're talking about here. Where if somebody said to me like, okay, I want to, I want to get into, uh, you know, I hear you talking to your dingus all the time. And like, that seems like a neat thing. Should I go out and buy A, B, C, D, and E, or should I go, go buy uh, B, F, and G? And I mean, I can say with some confidence, well, right now as a snapshot in time, I can say based on knowledge and and my own usage that the Amazon family of products is ahead of most of the others for a variety of reasons that I would be happy to enumerate. Um, right. I mean, like you can really say like, you know, the, the here's your voice. It, it, it gets what you said. Uh, it is expandable, but like just the, the basic stuff of hearing your voice and responding with something sensible. It's way ahead of like, let's say Siri in many ways, but you know, that's for now. But here's the other thing. So I might say to somebody, oh, you know, um, you know, I guess my advice to that person, you know, that hypothetical straw man person would be like, maybe get a get an Amazon dot, an Echo dot, because it's not very expensive. And if you hate it, you're out less than a hundred bucks, but at least you can, you can dip a toe. Yeah. But like, what if I didn't know that their main reason for getting that was to listen to music? Right. And while the sound on it is better than my AM FM radio, it's certainly not as good as any kind of dedicated speakers. You know, even my iMac sounds better than that. So in that case, I, I failed because it would have been better for me to say, well, if you listen to podcasts, for example, an Amazon, a standard Amazon Echo, which is about twice as expensive, would be better for you. But now they're stuck with this puck. What if I don't know about the situation, like where this thing is going to be? You know, you see where I'm going with this. But that's the other part of this is like it's a snapshot in time. Like I'm, I'm looking at Sweet Home right now and looking at articles like, uh, which MacBook should I buy? <laughs> right. You know, I mean, that's a really complicated question. Dan Frakes is a very smart guy, but that, that's a very complicated question to answer. I mean, especially if you've like never used the keyboard or you, you know, if you have large files that you need to store, it's, I don't know. But you know, well, it, where, it, do you, where do you look? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, please continue. No, I was just going to ask, like, when you're thinking about stuff, so the Hackintosh, obviously, which is not, not a Mac thing, because that would break the ULO. When you're thinking about things like a consumer product or a service, like, where do you go? What kinds of places do you go to to get information, You know, apart it, from just asking your friends? Right. I, and if you, as a, let me step back just a half, a half step before I answer that. When you're, when you're building a 
PC, there are, uh, you know, like when, when you're used to just going and getting something that's pre-built, like especially in the Mac space, there are really only three things that you think about, maybe four when you're shopping for a Mac. The first one would be like, if it, if it has a screen, which they all do now that they're not really making Mac Pros or Mac Minis very much anymore. How big is the screen? That's choice number one. How big is the screen? That's everyone can kind of wrap their heads around that. And if you want, you can go and, you know, go into the Apple store and see right there. This is the big screen. This is the smaller screen. Okay. So we, how big is the screen? The second thing, which is where it gets a, 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 I think most people understand if you're buying a computer, how much storage does it have? Okay. This one has a lot. This one doesn't have as much. Those are really the two big things that people think about when they're buying Macs these days. I mean, I know our listeners are more savvy than that, but generally I'm talking about the general population. How big is the screen? How much room is there for me to put my photos and music? And then the people who are a little bit more savvy, they're going to understand CPU speed and they're going to understand RAM. But that's about it when it comes to buying a Mac. Those are the kind of the four main things that you want to think about. And uh, in, you know, generally speaking, in the PC world, they've tried to make it simple like that. But because there are so many little things that go into the PC, uh, especially when you're building one, especially when you're building one like a Hackintosh, and what's the big deal about a Hackintosh? Why is this different from just building a regular PC? And here's here's the reason. I don't think we talked about this very much last time or, or if we even mentioned it at all. I apologize if we did. But unlike building a regular PC where you could go and say, I want you know, what's, what's a great motherboard to use and uh, what kind of CPU? I'll just get the fastest, best CPU and I'll just get this motherboard that had some good reviews. And this, I know already that the GTX 1070 graphics card, that's the one I want to get. And, and you, well, you can't do that if you're building a Hackintosh. And the reason why is if you're planning on running Mac OS, only certain specific devices uh, will work with macOS and those specific devices are essentially limited to the ones that Apple currently has in their existing computers. So we're talking about anything that might be in any uh, Apple desktop machine or iMac or anything like that. If, if they're using it, then it will likely just work. But when you're buying these PC parts, these they're all coming from potentially, even if they're all sold on Amazon, it's not like there's a single manufacturer that's going to make them all. The manufacturer of the motherboard might be Gigabyte or Asus. And then uh, the company that needs to make your um, uh, video card, well, that that may be NVIDIA. It might be EVGA. It might be, you know, it's a different company entirely. It might be the same, but it might not be. It might be MSI. So you need to when you're building, and this is the part where I answer your question, when you're building the Hackintosh, you have to say, not only do these components need to work together, but they also need to be the the very limited subset of components that will be supported out of the box by macOS because of the hardware that Apple's already using in their existing machines. And there are websites out there where people have gone to the trouble of trying them and saying, yes, this one actually works. However... If you put it in sleep mode, when it comes back up, the audio won't work or the Wi-Fi will go out and you'll have to reboot to make it work. Uh, but we Gosh, have, so it's almost like it's like uh, putting together a Linux <clears throat> much more box much in that way. Like make sure these drivers are going to work. Re- so oh, much more difficult. You get one little piece of this wrong and a, a lot of things that are important can break. And you might not know why or what's causing it. And it, so generally speaking, there are these certain um, 
dessert motherboards or whatever it is that's that's accepted that's kind of put into the uh general um like generally agreed upon this this should work or this will work and you know so so within that context then you start to go in and read these reviews of them and it's again it's so tough to penetrate into this because like the the difference between this graphics card and this other graphics card uh, that might be might be easy enough to tell but then what happens is you have a, a graphics card manufacturer like that they make that makes the chip like nvidia makes the chip and a lot of macs will have that chip in it well, when you say, oh, well, that should be simple enough, right? I just want this uh, as long as it has this chip. Well, no, there's like five different manufacturers that have all put that chip onto their graphics card. Which one of those is correct? Which one of those will work? Which one is at the right price point? Which one has the right RAM in it? Which one isn't going to be too long to fit in the case that you've decided with the motherboard mounted a certain way and the radiator with the fans on the top instead of the side? There's so many little details. Are you going to do regular fan cooling? Are you going to do water cooling? All right, you know, what kind of uh, RAM are you going to get? Is it going to have the kind that's a color? They're, they do, And then gamers go crazy with all this. Everything now is about having a case, a CPU, a computer case, that has a big window on the side of it. So you can see, people want to see the insides of their computers. They want to look in and see. So the motherboards now, they're not just a, you know, like looks like a circuit board anymore. It still looks like a circuit board, but they've got big splashes of color and plastic pieces glued onto them and all kinds of things. And then when you're doing like cooling, they'll have, and, and some of these cases come with uh, LED lighting that changes color on the inside of the case and fans that are different colors. So when they spin, there's a rainbow pattern. I'm not making any of this up. And wow. so to, to discern what's an actual review of you know, of this one thing that I'm looking at getting versus what's some gamer who's nitpicking that the color scheme of the RAM didn't match the liquid cooler that he has. Like, well, that's that's why it's a thumbs down. So it's just, it's maddening. It's maddening. But fortunately, the, YouTube has a lot of videos on this stuff uh, where people are people are reviewing it. But it's easy. It's And the other thing is, yeah, it's totally easy to go wrong. It's totally easy to get the wrong thing and have like your whole build not work like it's not like well it'll be close enough no actually it won't work <laughs> like that's the problem uh so frustrating but you i've done mind it. Your I've p's done and, it. mind your p's and q's no kidding uh-huh. uh dan would you like to tell me about something that you like like mac weldon Oh boy, have I got things to say about mac weldon you start man they don't care what we mac say weldon no you do your thing MacWeldon.com. get 20 percent off using promo code back to work Mm-hmm. They have a silver underwear. They got silver underwear. I mean, what more, that should be enough. If they want us to say anything else about it, I don't know what we need to say. I, but I'm what wearing, do you have to say about it? Uh, uh, well, I'm going to tell you this. I, uh, you know, uh, I, I checked the sheet before we start the show to see who the sponsors are, mm-hmm. just, just so I, I know. Uh, but before I did that, totally apropos of nothing, I am, as we speak, wearing two articles of Mac Weldon clothing just because one of which i'm comfortable discussing with you okay okay <laughs> no oversharing uh, well i got this thing i don't think there's any silver in this i i got the uh the long sleeve merino shirt now people who know me and there's like three of you uh i i like me a long sleeve t-shirt that's my go-to piece right so usually it's a fantastic four shirt and then something over it to cover up the fact that i'm wearing a fantastic four shirt um I love this thing. So, you know, when you think of the merino wool, 
you might think of that as being like, you know, a, a nice but moderately priced sweater. You might, eat, you know, kind of not somewhere between like too thin and too bulky. This thing's amazing. This is the Merino long sleeve. Uh, it's so thin, but it's so like cozy like it's really nice for all temperatures it's nice to sleep in it's nice to walk over not that i slept in this last night i'm not an animal but you know uh you uh but i, I really i like their stuff i like the way it feels it feels as tim gunn would say it feels luxe mm. their, their their stuff it feels very well made and uh, i'm really i'm enjoying this uh this family of products M mac weldon mac weldon no tell anybody any, any more i think they're most famous for their silver underwear the silver underwear because it's antimicrobial mm-hmm and uh, the whole process simple to get in. You know, guys. Like have you ever really? Have you ever really tested that out? I mean, let me ask you. Be honest. Have you ever worn the same pair for like five weeks? Five weeks Just, in a row. Sure. Okay. And Just you feel like it's it pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shower. This, this, I shower this. with it on. Mm. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, one of those Mormon garments, right? You don't when that when I say I don't take them off. I mean mm -hmm. I don't take them off. Everything goes through them. If you know what I'm saying. So uh, you can do that too. And, and it's still clean at the end of the day. It's still clean. Because of the silver. This is silver. But it doesn't impede you. Mm. Hmm. But anyway, we'll they, read more about this. they make it uh, very easy to go and buy something. And that's the whole thing. You don't, it, we were just talking about the difficulty in making choices and understanding stuff. There it's not. It's easy to get in, find what you want, buy it, and get out of there. Uh, MacWeldon.com, 20% off using promo code back to work. All one word, and we appreciate their continued support of this program. Merlin Mann's back to work. Thanks, Mac Weldon. Bok, bok. <laughs> I, need to, I need to get an audio clip and just play it at the end of every... Somewhere, somewhere in I Manhattan, some poor intern is listening to this and going, hmm, the spots are a little random. They, they talk a lot of, more about their taint than I'm comfortable with. One of the guys wore it for like five weeks and I'm like, why did they make a chicken noise when they're done? Yeah. What is that? I think, I think up until the chicken noise, everyone mm -hmm. gets it. Yeah. They actually not, says, not, it says yeah. at the top of this read, it says, uh, have fun, no rules. Ooh, no rules, just right. So, bok, bok. Bok, bok. Say that all we want. Dan, digga, 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 breaking <laughs> news. My Lindrum sound has gotten pretty weak. Do you understand the reference what? when I make that? You know, like the, I'm doing an 80s like Rototom sound. Does that, does that read as 80s Rototom when I do that? Rot Rototom. Well, no, you think about like when I people always playing think the little, the, the like, you know. This the, is a current affair. Yeah, current affair. Current affair. Yeah. Um, somewhere I will find, let's find the sound Roto. I'm going to get it right Tom, now. Somewhere play it. How do you spell Phil. that? Roto and Tom. Just the word Roto and Tom. What is a Roto Tom fill? Roto Tom. But you, you hear it a lot. So it's, people have always done Tom rolls. But uh, in the 80s, when people started playing the, um, the uh, you know, not, not, not a Lind drum, but started playing like elect electronic drums or like triggered drums, you hear that. Digga, 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 digga. It's kind oh, of like, yes. No. <laughs> That's what you've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what that is now. Hold Actually, on, here's you know a, what? <laughs> I, I, I can find, go ahead, but I've got a very specific song in my head. You, you, what's yours? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, of course, I've gone to YouTube and I've mm -hmm. done a search for Rototom Phil. And the first thing that comes up is something called Rototom Drum Solo. Should I play oh. that? Okay. Oh, just a little. All right, let's hear it. 
little too much. A little too much. Okay, so I just sent you something on Skype. Okay. Um, this is a Mr. Show sketch. Uh, and it's a, it's a commercial for the new Ku Klux Klan <laughs> and how much more inclusive they are. <laughs> so if you, if you play the thing I just sent you in Skype, listen to the, there's some beeps at the beginning, but then listen to the very beginning and you'll hear the, the, the sound that I'm emulating. It'll instantly take you back to the 1980s. <laughs> you can hear that again? again. Roll it, roll it, it back. All right, there we go. Hey, <laughs> I mean, doesn't that take you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, check us out. <laughs> I had always thought you were doing the more like the here this this thing. Well, see, now I want to hear a current affair. <gasps> that. Oh, that is good. What do they call it? A stinger. A stinger. Yeah, stinger. Oh, I need that. Do it again. Hold on. I'm, I'm turning up the volume on that thing a little bit. No. What's no, up, people? No, James from Blinkford. Back with my second I hate the way YouTube works. You got to get the YouTube bread. It's the only way to live. YouTube bread. Oh, that's good. I like that. Oh, it sounds like something really important is about to happen. It was, and, okay. and for people who don't know what this is, you've got the big, it's like a spinning uh, triangle pyramid thing that comes out and slams down and there's a little closed caption up in the right, which was very important. That's an early current affair. Any chance, any chance you remember uh, who got his start on that program? Oh no, I'm confusing it with hard copy. This was Maury uh-huh. Povich. I'm Maury thinking Povich. Maury Povich. Hard copy. Is that the one with Bill O'Reilly? Which is the one with Bill O'Reilly? What was he on? on the next current affair monday at seven on fox five new york there you go next time on a current affair monday. bill <laughs> o'reilly oh, that's nice inside edition that was bill o'reilly oh inside edition yes huh i'll be damned okay anyway if i may <laughs> no now real, i know what it is real time follow up with dan <laughs> I'm reminded via a liked tweet by a friend of the show, Captain Marm. You know what happened six years ago tomorrow? Mm-mm. We had our first program. Really? Six years? Yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? That's really all I wanted to say. It was also just an excuse to go. We need, now that, I, now that I, you have explained that to me, now I really do hear it. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know what? I've gotten a little bit fast. You know what? Bad on me. I've gotten a little bit fast and loose with my dugga dugga. I'm looking for that. I know for sure that I did a thank you, Easter Bunny. Thank you, Easter Bunny. I know that I did that I soundbite. I pulled that. I'm going to have to do it again because I can't find it here. Hmm. But I, I'll pull it for next time. That's really it. Anyway, uh, thanks to everybody. Um, not into anniversaries. I just thought that was interesting because it's almost uh, exactly to the day. Because calendars, calendars are screwy. Calendars yeah. change a little bit most years. Yeah. I had a, so, I did have an email I wanted to share with you. Yes, you there. See, here it is. Dan's email with Dan. Dear Dan, I'm going to withhold the last name. This is Ellie. I regularly write about business technology and startup industry for a variety of publications. Some of those include Business Insider, Lifehack.org, Entrepreneur, Computer World, among others. I would love to use my experience and dedication around these topics to write a few articles exclusively for 5x5, no period. 
Oh my gosh! Wow! I really it's, hope so, you will so allow me to. She wouldn't post them. She wouldn't post them anywhere else. It'd be just for your five by five. I, uh, I really site. hope you will allow me to contribute to the community of five by five through writing. She would like to write. That is so nice. Mm-hmm. Huh? She wrote for lifehack.org, huh? Mm-hmm. Put that right on the resume. Um, that's terrific, Dan. Do, do you have any thoughts on what you might want her to write about? She, was it business she writes about? What does she write about? Let's see. Um, experience and dedication around the topics of business, technology, and startup industry. Hmm. She wrote, here's some, a list of articles she's written. Five okay. best augmented reality apps and games in 2016. Mm-hmm. Should you pay attention to augmented reality marketing? Could STEM scholarships for women be the key to closing the gender gap in tech? Is digital video advertising the future of marketing? Study, colon. Women are better coders in GitHub if gender is not disclosed. Hmm. She's um, kind of heavy on, the, what is it, the Betteridge law of headlines? Oh, Yeah. Betteridge's Law of Headlines. Uh, Where you ask a question. Any headline that ends in a question mark can be answered by the word no. Right. <laughs> wow. Well, do, you, do you have any ideas what kind of questions you'd like her to ask and potentially answer? No, not at all. Hmm. Does, does, reading the website, does reading the website help you in writing for the website that doesn't post writing? Isn't that weird? Yeah. You should start a blog. I heard blogs are going to be big. I have seen more and more people uh, on um, on Twitter saying that they are receiving solicitations to write for websites that that don't have any writing on them. Mm. It just it's strange to me. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we talked about this before. <laughs> it's not effective. No. It's um. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I mean, I get why it happens. We're all, we're all young and silly at some point in our lives and we do, we do things, but I don't know. I, it, it's, it, the, the, there's the part about it, which is kind of annoying as the person who receives all that stuff. Sure. Like that's, that's the main thing that we talk about, but it also to me, uh, reveals a certain lack of self-awareness either about how you're presenting yourself or about what it is you're actually trying to accomplish. You know, uh, setting aside the uh, the excellent Hamilton musical, you don't want to throw away your shot. You don't want to be a chucker, as they say on Seinfeld. You know, this is your first contact with this person. And you're you're totally repping as a complete ding-a-ling mm-hmm. when you do that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I mean... I don't know. I mean, that just, that seems, I, I'm not saying you have to like obsess over your like integrity and your brand and stuff like that, but like, it just, it makes you look like an idiot. It, you know, it's, it's, you know, no matter how ardent and how, um, how much you like play up how great you are at that, it just, it feels so tone deaf. And I mean, I don't want to be unkind, but comma, but like you're somebody who's presenting yourself as a, a gifted communicator and as someone who's able to synthesize information about the world in a novel and interesting way. And then you do something like that. It would be like, you know, saying I want to be on the police force by walking into the station and like shooting a gun in the air. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm all about safety. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's strange. It's strange. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, that could be a whole show. You know, uh, I, I feel peculiarly out of step. I don't even have an Instagram. So, I mean, I, I feel very out of step with like how, how 
people communicate. But except that I, when something that tone deaf lands, you kind of can't help but go, oh, you poor thing. Like, you're silly. Like, who's going to respond to that? I don't know. I don't know. But you got to, you know, the thing is you got to get out there and you got to, you got to hoof it. You got to, you got to, uh, you know, it's a sh- shoe leather marketing. You got to get out there and I guess email a lot of people. I guess. You get a lot of email. Yeah, but I I get what you're saying there too. And that like, it's almost like a door-to-door sales. It's like modern day door-to-door salesman type concept. It's just done through email, hundreds and hundreds of emails at a time. This person yeah. is, I remember I, I Back right after nine eleven happened, right before it had happened, I had uh, I had taken a, I was working at that big telecommunications uh, company, and I had left that place to go and work at like a little small business, which would now be called a startup, and it was just miserable there. I hated it. I was only there for like a month, and I quit. And I was looking for the next thing, and this was right around September eleven. And after September eleven, uh, like things were really, really bad for the economy as well. And for the job market was just the worst. And I couldn't, like, I wanted to go and work somewhere and I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. And it got to the point where I would just wake up in the morning and go onto Monster and start looking at job postings and like just starting to basically, it wasn't quite cut and paste, but it was pretty close to just. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Especially if you're feeling desperate. You like. Very. You do you do crazy stuff and you're willing to say like, okay, I've got to really have like some gumption and some grit and like just yeah. make this thing happen. Yeah. Hello, Merlin. I hope I found you in a good mood. <laughs> I'm Henry working. There's no punctuation in this sentence. I'm Henry working as marketing manager at name of company. <laughs> Genuinely, comma, I'm here for advertisement inquiries at 43 folders. At the moment, we are fixating on sponsored guest posts for our Mm. company's marketing campaign, and we would relish to proceed with your site. Please share your rates for hosting a sponsored post or any other advertisement opportunities in anticipation for your favorable response, period. Wow. Yeah. Got that going for me. Let's see what else I got here. Lots of press inquiries. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Data breach. That's nice. Oh, yeah. Twitter really wants me to watch TV. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. You know, here, here's one I like. I, I like when I get the um, the media relations manager writes to let me know that I've been featured somewhere. Oh, like where? That's a nice one. Well, just want to let you know we published a post with a reference to your awesome blog on the XYZ blog. Let me know if you'd like to see the anchor text or something else changed. Feel free to share or shout about it from the rooftops. Smiley face. Um, <laughs> it says, it actually sh- says, shout it from the rooftop. Feel free to share or shout it from the rooftops. Oh my God. Cheers. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know, there's this um that book everybody uh, talks about. What's his name? Andrew Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And and it's a book where it's you know it's pretty easy to to bag on this book because it kind of is like how to be a nice seeming douchebag. But you know, a lot of the stuff he says in that which I, book I haven't read for years, but a lot of stuff he says in there is actually very sensible. If a little bit, um, it's not very decorous as a as a 
decorous, decorous. It makes you sound like kind of a douche. But like one of his things is, you know, what does he say? There's no greater sound in the world than to a man than the sound of his own name. Like learn the names of people and call them by their right names. And there's all that kind of stuff. You like that voice? I love that one. If you, if you use someone's restroom, be sure and bring up the seat and put it back down. That's number 43 on the ladder of kindness. Hmm. Don't throw a drink in a chick's face unless you mean to nag her. Uh, but the uh, but some of that stuff is actually you know pretty true. I mean, like you take somebody who's a self involved person like me, and um, I mean I, I'm 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 immune to empty compliments, but I'm entirely open to like real ones. And like that's the funny part in some of these emails that we get. I'm sorry to go on about this. Some people enjoy this conversation, but that's the funny part of this is you see people <laughs> who are like pulling out the most like random. Hey, here it's kind of like this. It's sort of like the Clark Kent and Superman problem. What, right? What's that problem? Well, I mean, it's the oldest joke maybe in comic books. Well, the second oldest joke after will he would he kill Lois Lane if they you know yeah, but um. Is there anybody in your life that you would not recognize if they put on glasses? Or, or for so. that matter, I mean, okay, so I'm going to give a pass to Princess Leia because when she comes up to Han in uh, Return of the Jedi, she's got the thing on, she's got the funny voice. There's no way blind Han Solo, unsighted Han Solo, would know that that's Princess Leia. I'll give her a pass on that. But even stuff like, like, oh, you know, you're being abducted by someone that you know, and they're wearing a mask. And you'd still be able to, like, you'd recognize that person's voice, probably. You might recognize their eyes. There's all these things that, there, there's those kinds of conceits in media that don't really stand up to any kind of scrutiny. They are purely, like, a conceit for the media. And, um, and I kind of feel like it's almost that stupid when people contact you that way. They, they really seem like, okay, I'm going to put on these glasses, and nobody will recognize that I'm Superman. When they come in and say things like, I enjoy your podcast about productivity, communication, work barriers, constraints, tools, and more. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you know, that's like, I know my thing like pretty okay well. And if somebody comes in and tries to drop some dumb bullet points on that, I'm actually, I mean this as a kind of advice, which is like, if you are like, see, I don't know F all about getting a job nowadays, but there's one piece of advice that I always thought was really useful that I think extends to a lot of things. One thing is, don't do what Dan and I used to do. Don't go to monster.com and, and paste a bunch of things in, unless that works for you. You know, I still really feel like very targeted efforts for things that you actually want in life are extremely valuable. So, you know, make sure it's reasonable. Like in my case, like writing for the Atlantic was not reasonable because I wasn't a good writer and I didn't even really know how the system works. And knowing how the system works is a big part of getting a job, right? I mean, that's, that, that's a, a lot of this is like you, you reveal not only kind of what a dingling you are, but you also reveal how little you understand about the work and life of the people that you're contacting, whether that's the editor of the Atlantic or Dan Benjamin. But like, I still think there's a lot to be gained by mindfully deciding what it is that you really, really want to do and then target the living crap out of that in a way that right. is totally sane. So, I mean, let's start with the obvious ones. If you're trying to reach somebody for a job or you know, for a gig, for an internship, for a blog post, for whatever it is, like do your research. You know, and this is honestly, this is not about me. This, I mean, this, I'm trying to pivot this into actual real world advice that, I, that I've seen be useful, which is that like, if you have to contact a stranger or strangers about something that you want, be really smart about that. First of all, at the, at the base, like don't misspell the name of the company and things like that. Um, 
realize if you're sending it to a PO box, that's not the same as sending it to somebody's personal email address. Those are different kinds of things. Second level down, like learn about the company, go to Google news or for that matter, go to the company's website and read how they describe themselves, but then go to Google news or somewhere similar and read about like what people say about that company. Like the thing is like, remember that when your resume or your pitch or your demo tape or whatever lands on somebody's desk there, there's about a million other things that they are more concerned about right now than what you just gave them. And so I, I think it is very effective just to understand what the climate is right there. Like, okay, I, this would not be a great time to try and get a director level job at Theranos. How do I know that? I know that because I happen to see that they just laid off 40% of their staff. Is that a great time to go in and say, I am the greatest director in the world. You should hire me for your blood machine company. That's going to seem so stupid because if you knew anything about that company, you, that would seem so random. That's just one example. But like, if you really want it, like go and I'm not saying be creepy, but go learn a little bit about who you're trying to contact at that. You know, if this is a company where you want to work, start exploring whether you have friends of friends of friends that know people there, ask them, you know, find out what positions might be opening up. I know this sounds bananas, but you have to act like you actually want it rather than, rather than just doing the thing that is most simple and convenient and scalable for you, figure out what you really want and then really focus on that. I, and I have to say, when somebody does that, back to, make, back to making it about me, when somebody does that with me, I find it very flattering and I'm much more into it. Like if I know that this is somebody who says that they 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 can make a joke about a podcast that's 10 years old, right. I'm not saying you have, don't do that with me, but but if you do do that with me, like that means a lot to me. That That is more meaningful to me than saying, than just coming up with, uh, oh yeah, I used to live in San Francisco. That's really cool. You know, I don't know. I just, I feel like, you know, this, this is not so far off a million different communication problems that we talk about, which is like our first impulse is to do the thing that's easy and scalable for us rather than the thing that is effective and persuasive for the person who you're nominally trying to reach. Yeah, that's, that's really the way that you put it, though, because there are people I think are always trying to find that common interest, but then they're using it in like a weird way. Not like you said, like oh, I used to live in San Francisco, but actually like the when i meet somebody and they're like oh i you know i i, I like your show or i love your show or whatever and then, and then they'll say oh, and by the way like i used your you know how to install mysql tutorial on mac os back in the day like that always blows me away that there there are people who have been like that's that's a that's a then you know they're they're like I, not not real versus real versus phony, but then you know that like they really do actually understand like who you are and what you're doing, as opposed to you know they clicked the link somewhere and saw something and sent an email. Oh you yeah, know, it's it's just so different. Yeah, and I I'm approaching this kind of advisably because I'm I'm not trying to say that you should go out and butter people up or like go find self-absorbed people that you can reach, but it's just more a way of saying like to to be when you're trying to contact. Whenever you're asking for a thing, just be canny about it and think it through. Think it through on, on, I mean, if it's important to you, if you don't care, fine, just keep doing what you're doing. You can fail at scale, title. Um, but, but if you actually want this to happen, then I think you have to be circumspect about how you do it. And that means doing a lot of the due diligence to find out, you know, what, what this place does, where they're going, where they've been. And even if you are the most well-suited person in the world in your mind for what they do, well, that's a case. How do you help that? How do you present that in a way that that person feels like they're the one who realized it? Like nobody's going to seem smarter than the person that says the thing that only you have been thinking about or that you kind of have on your mind. 
Um, and you know, the more of an, uh, as they say, the more of an ask that it is, the, the more you really have to figure out how to, how to be persuasive about it, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. Look at that. Came out in 1937. Look at that guy. 37. Mm. Now, but do could, you feel it could it be, we talked about this once. Can, do you think it would still be relevant? Has uh, the world the, changed book? too much? Yeah. Oh no, I don't think so. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's one of those books that's fun to bag on, but yeah, sorry, siren's going off. You know, the siren goes off at uh, noon every Tuesday here. Um, but it's full of like fairly practical advice. I mean, um, there, there are these kind of old books that a lot of people, like, what's that one book? How a man, is it how a man thinketh or something like that? What's that book called? But that was really influential in the Wu-Tang Clan. There are these old self-help books that find a funny way of like reaching a modern audience. Um, here's his, <laughs> I'm not recommending this. I'm just reading this. But this is what he says. Section one here goes, six ways to make people like you. God, this guy was ahead of his time. Number one, become genuinely interested in other people. Number two, smile. Three, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. <laughs> Be a good listener. Encourage others to talk about themselves. Five, talk in terms of the other person's interests. And six, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. You know, that's cheesy, but none of that is terrible advice. I mean, especially if you want to take into account the fact that you might be, well, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've been exploring uh, content management. Yeah, all right, whatever, whatever. I mean, you know, I, I think these are, there's all kinds of advice in the world that I would never suggest that people follow letter for letter, but it sure is good to know about. Do you, do you need to be able to reel off the Ten Commandments day to day? Meh, maybe not. Not a bad thing to know, you know, maybe read the Bill of Rights. There's stuff that's really good to know, even if you're not thinking about it every second of the day. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, God, 1937. Look at that. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can't imagine. That's a long time ago. Anyway, I hope this doesn't come off as sour grapes. I don't, I don't mean it that way. No, I don't think. Hmm. Sold over 30 million copies. Wow. But anyway, uh, our thanks to uh, listener, uh, whatchamacallit, yep. for uh, writing for 5x5.tv. Yeah, looking forward to publishing some of her stuff. Yeah, that's going to be super. You put it um, right, on the, right on the main page there. Oh, right on the, are uh, you going to pin it on your blog? Uh-huh, pin it, pin make it to make the a, Make it a pin post, pin post on the blog. <laughs> Dan, why don't you tell me about one more thing that you like? All right, I would like to tell you about Eero. Eero. Eero, Eero, my hero. How wonderful you are. <laughs> uh, so here's here's the deal with Eero. They have come out with, uh, I guess you would call it, they, the people are using the term mesh to describe what, what Eero does. And basically, uh, the, single, the single point, the Wi-Fi single point model, that does not work very well anymore. It, uh, it used to work fine. Actually, it never worked that well, but it definitely doesn't work well in today's world. So what I'm talking about is you've got your cable modem, your fiber, your DSL, whatever you're using to get onto the internet, and that goes into some kind of a router. And, uh, and, and then it, it's usually like one of these junky Wi-Fi router things that the cable company gives you. Or if you're smart, maybe you've upgraded to one on your own, but you've found that in your house or your apartment or wherever it is that you live, that maybe the signal isn't so great 
throughout different areas of the house. Like it's good if you're in the same room or in the adjacent room to where that Wi-Fi router is, but maybe it's not so good in the back bedroom or it's not so good out on your back patio or uh, it, it doesn't really extend or the, it, it, you can get a signal, but everything's like really slow upstairs. Why is that? Well, that's because Wi-Fi single points, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense anymore. It doesn't make sense at all, really. So uh, they came out with a way to solve that, and that's using this, this mesh technology. So you get a couple of these uh, little uh, Eero boxes. The packaging is awesome, and they give you one, and then maybe you get two or three, depending on the size of your house, maybe even get five. But they all work together, and they talk together, and the setup couldn't be easier. And the Eero app lets you manage the network uh, right there on your device. So you know how many devices are connected. You know what kind of internet speeds you're getting from your provider. You can create like a guest network super easily. Um, they get updated by these uh, pushes. So it's not like you have to like install the software. It just happens. It automatically updates. Uh, it's just super cool. And they update, like I said, it's automatic. So if there's some kind of exploit or attack or something out there, they'll fix it and push the, the, uh, the new version out to you. You don't even have to worry about it. Um, I mean, they get great customer support. You talk to a real person in like 30 seconds. Uh, it's, it's just great. And somebody, um, was after, after we did a spot about this a while ago, asked me how many, like, how many am I supposed to order? And I said, well, you know, it's, I think they say one per every thousand square feet. So that'll tell you how many of these little boxes you're going to need for your, your house or your apartment, 30 day money back guarantee. Uh, it's just a great, it's a great system and they even have really good reviews. I think Merlin, you could use that. What is that system you use to check out the reviews on a Oh yeah, Fakespot. Fakespot. Go <clears throat> check this out. But there I looked at they've got four point four out of five stars on Amazon, seven hundred and fifty reviews. Uh, it's just, it's, with- I love how easy it is to set up. I mean, it just it walks you through the whole thing. And you know I I wish Apple were really pushing the envelope on these things, but they're not. And Eero is the kind of thing that just, I, I mean, I mean this to be positive. What I'm saying is there are people out there that are pushing the envelope, both in terms of the power and in terms of the ease of use. And like, uh, this is, this thing, it's just, it's amazing. You just take it out of the box. It's beautiful. You plug it in, it just starts working. It's such, we've come so far with Wi-Fi, but we still have so far to go. And this is one way of ensuring that like, this becomes like a utility in your house. It's everywhere you want it to be. It's, it, and it's not going to take you hours and hours to get it set up. It's, it's really cool. And it and unlike like a range extender, which creates a um, which creates like a separate uh, little separate network, and it, it, this is not that. This is a mesh. It's a totally different technology, and it's it's great. So everyone can go and they're what they're offering for free because they already have like a really good price on these things. Um, they're doing free overnight shipping. You can go to eero.com, e e r o eero.com. And you select overnight shipping and then enter the promo code back to work and that'll make your overnight shipping free. So that's that's the place to go to get it. Go check them out. Eero, E-E-R-O, Eero.com. Code is back to work. Thanks very much to Eero for supporting this program. Thanks, Eero. Pock, pock. That's a great product. I'm going to have to do the poll for that bite. Sound bite. Mm, pull, you're going to do a poll for the bite? I mean, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to, you know, right after the show, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pull it. Do a bite poll. Mm, push it to production if you know what I mean yeah I mean that's what I'm going to do deploy it you know yeah sure deploy it um 
let's see. Is there any more Dan follow-up to ask about? How's your back? Good. Why do you ask? Oh, there's a topic. I'm just doing all my follow-up. I'm going through all my stuff. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going on with you. I want to make sure everything's okay. I mean, is, your, yeah. is your back better? You're still doing your... You're doing your, you're still pulling tires around and stuff no, like that? I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not pulling tires around. Uh, that wasn't a, not a thing, but, uh, it's going, mm. it's going good. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things that like you would think when you're, uh, when you're completely in, in incredible pain and everything it hurts and is, and is difficult, uh, and seems to get worse every day that the very last thing that you would possibly want to do would be to lift something or move your back in any way. And uh, as as we know here, that's the uh, the obviously you don't want to do things wall hurt, but um, that it's it's the the only way out is to to do that kind of thing. It makes a tremendous tremendous difference. So everything everything checks out. Everything good. Well, good. Well, I'm sorry about your Hue lights. That that's a terrible loss. I want well, I want to get them, but she just she the anything that adds complexity. She's very leery of, uh, especially with the the kids. And I said, no, I, I, so we could just set it a little bit dimmer. And so she went and and started researching, and she researched the LED lights. And people don't like LED lights, which I never liked the LED lights. And she uh, she went and took that uh, light out and put a regular incandescent up there, like I said, and and that's better. But anytime that light's on, I just walk over and I just turn that thing right off. I don't care. I don't care. No, I'm not making apologies. I don't feel bad about it. Mm-mm. I mean, if she's right under it doing the dishes or something, I won't turn it off while she's like right under there using it. But she walks away and that light's on and I see it off. My only beefs with Hugh at this point are that they that they are kind of costly. They are costly. And that they're not as bright as I would like. In situations where you don't have, you can't have that many lights. I mean, for example, I have stormed the beach. I've, I, have, I have got a beach head <laughs> in the second most difficult room in the house. We have Hue lights in our kitchen now, which is a big deal for us. So we just have like an old school like overhead with two, you know, light bulb sockets in it. And we've got that. And we've got a dimmer in there um, that works really great. We've got one of these dimmers I think I told you about for you. It's got an on, off, and dim up, dim down. And it's really cool. And it's got a little, it's got magnets on the back. So ours is actually on the refrigerator. And so like if you come in the room and you just flip on the light, you get normal lights. But then if you want to do dimming or, you know, the nice thing about this dimmer also is if you hit on one time, you can pick like what state that restores to or, you know, what, you know, it could be the last one or your favorite one. But then you can hit it up to five times to cycle through different lighting things by hitting on numerous times. And that's actually been working out pretty great. Not as bright as I would like because... You know, you can't get the light bright enough for me. Still haven't done the bathroom. The bathroom might be a bridge too far. But um, in other places, it's it's been working out really well. But yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. LEDs, I mean, like this, LEDs, that's different than CFLs. LED and CFL are different, yeah. CFLs are the curvy ones. And LEDs, well, they have LEDs in them. Yeah, I guess. And there's, there's. Can you other pick different things. colors of, of, or temperatures of light for those? Not, not what we used to have. No, it's just that kind of terrible yellow, bright, really bright, hard to look at light. Yeah, yeah. I remember. It feels like back in the day with CFLs, it used to be it was like really yellow or really blue. Yeah. You know that kind of, uh, which is great if you want to wake up in the morning, but it, <laughs> it does make you look a little bit like a vampire. Which, yeah. You know, not year round. No, I, I'm still. Uh, did you ever? I think you said you did get a pair of the the protective goggling. Oh yeah, yeah. I just found those. They were in a they were in a box that we cleaned up before Christmas. My uh, daughter's been wearing them around. So I guess you don't wear them religiously at night like I do. 
No, you know, I wear glasses when I watch TV. They just fit over them. I wear glasses all the time. I know, but I, I feel a little like a dork. Well, we, I gotta stop watching. I gotta quit watching TV. I gotta just stop it. Oh, Ugh. the Americans is killing it. Just started season three, killing it. Is that right? I know mean, people love that show. Have you seen it? Yeah, I watched the first. I've seen at least two seasons of it. Oh, probably more. Like I'm hardcore into it. And I got another TV recommendation for you. Oh, that's good. The, the lady. Where did I see the lady from that? The um, Carrie Russell, I think. is her name. No, the woman who's like their boss, the replacement boss. Oh, yeah. She was in The Good Wife, too. Oh, was she? Yeah. Was she? And she was on. What did I just see her on? Oh, she's, she's a good on, actress. She's on Sneaky Pete. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With Giovanni Rabisi. Rob- Giovanni. Giovanni Rabisi. Rabissimo. Rabisi. Ranzoni sono buoni. Oh, rigatoni. Uh, the show is Marco Polo. It is a Netflix original. Um, is it hard to find? <laughs> yeah, it's real, it's real tough. Marco uh, Polo. It, there's, a little, there's a little too much. I think that, first of all, how can you have too much sex in a show? But there's too much sex hmm. in the show. Oh, sure. Um, it's a little, it's, it's kind of like they went to come out swinging and be like, we're going to be like HBO, all right? And like, we're going to have sex in every scene, boobs. But yeah. a- after you get past that, it's, it's a pretty good. Uh, oh, this looks, just the, the images look very Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's great though. Like, I, I mean, the acting is good. The stories are good. Everything's good. Uh, and if, if you're looking for boobs, you'll find them in Marco Polo. Have you seen The Crown? Did you watch The Crown? Um, yeah, I saw, I think three or four episodes. Oh, yeah. How did you stop watching? I was obsessed with that show. That was pretty good. I got up to Dr. Who, uh, the doctor is be- becoming a real problem at this point. He's drinking a lot. He's causing a lot of problems. And then what else happens? Oh, I was there for no spoilers, but I, the, when Churchill dies, I, I watched up to around that point. <clears throat> Churchill dies. Oh my God. Also, you know, Victoria, there's the show Victoria, uh, starring Clara from Dr. Who. And that's really good too. Do you only watch shows that have people from Doctor Who or Speedy Pete? They're hard to avoid. (laughs) Well, between Doctor Who and I say mainly between Doctor Who and um, Harry Potter movies. Mm -hmm. You know, as Jason Snell says, there's only like 11 English actors. They're they're in everything. (laughs) Bill Nye's in this. Yes, Bill Nye's in everything. Oh, uh, that's good. You know what movie I was watching? It just just made its way back to HBO Go. Any Given Sunday with uh, Pacino in it. Oh, if it, I don't know that. If you don't like football, don't watch it because it's about football. Love football. But every single actor is in this movie. Everyone. Name an actor. <laughs> they're in it, it even more than JFK. But I think between this movie and JFK, you've got every actor who's ever acted in Hollywood in, in the movie. It's well, uh, How, it's how many crazy. movies are you going to see with Anne Margaret and LL Cool J? <laughs> in the same, I know. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Woods. Jimmy Woods is in this one. Every, yeah, oh, and he's good in it, too. Wow, there's a lot of swing for the fences actors in this. You got Al Pacino, you got James Woods. Oh my goodness. Cameron Diaz, your favorite. Cameron Diaz. All right, I'll check it out. Any given Sunday, 1999. I don't, I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying every every actor. That's the kind of movie I watch at, at night when I want to see. What about, the, what about the Baby Pope? Have you watched Baby Pope yet? No, is it good? I don't know. I watched the first couple seconds of it. And I was like, mm, I don't know. Well, it has yeah. Jude Law in it. So how good got could Jude it Law? be? He's, he's a handsome man. He's not the guy from Coldplay, just so you know. No, but he was an AI. With uh, Professor Hobby? Yep. Are you still watching Humans? <laughs> no, uh, should I be? 
No, I, I fell off the humans truck. I did too. I remember we were both really into humans for a while there. Now she's on an episode of Doctor Who. She, no, who? excuse she? me. Sorry, roll that back. She is on an episode of another Stephen Moffat show called Sherlock. I have she seen some heavily. Sherlock episodes. I did like it. Oh, it's really good. This season's weird. Uh, no, the one episode where there's the lady who takes to does the tea ceremonies at the museum. Did you ever see that one? I don't think so. There's some kind of a warning from like Chinese gangsters they got to figure out. Anyway, that's her. That's the lady from uh, Humans. Oh, also, the other lady from Humans, the mom from Humans, was just on another show. I'm telling you, these English actors. Whoosh, Jiminy Christmas. Hmm. Well, uh, we could do some feedback from listeners. We could uh, we could just do a whole show of life hacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. If stuff keeps falling out of jars, uh, try putting a lid on it. <laughs> rubber bands are also... also <laughs> what, are, what is this coming from? These are life hacks. Oh. Rubber bands are also useful for wrapping around things. <laughs> are you feeling reading like you're this? Not you... as clean, feeling you're not getting as clean as you would like in the shower? Try soap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are you, is this something you've prepared or? I did a funny impulse purchase the other day. I picked up, uh, David Pogue has these new books. God, that guy's a machine. He uh, has these books of, they're definitely not life hacks because he thinks life hacks are ridiculous. And he's very angry about it, but basically books of life hacks. And they're actually really amusing. I mean, I've always been a fan of those books of like little tricks you didn't know about and ways to do things and, you know, you know, rules of thumb and stuff like that. And he has a pretty good book about, um, a lot of it's extremely obvious, but we're already learning things we didn't know from his book. What's it called? David Pogue Life. David Pogue Life. Life book. Uh, Pogue's Basics is the line. Hmm. Essential tips and shortcuts that no one bothers to deedly dee. Here's one I didn't know about. I didn't know about this. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I never read the packaging on my aluminum foil or my saran wrap. Did you know this? Did you know that when you buy a roll of saran wrap, aluminum foil, or what have you, that there, you can make an axis so that, that, that there's basically little cardboard cutouts at the end that you can push in that will keep the roll from coming out? Wait a minute. It's like, okay, so you're pulling out your aluminum foil, and yeah. what always happens? It always goes flying out of the box, and you go, right. Yeah, why, why did that happen? Well, I did not know this. This is an obvious thing I didn't know. that you, There are little uh, cardboard tabs at the ends of the box on the finer uh, products with a little die cut. push them in and it becomes a little yes. ro roller holder. How did I never know that? Oh, my God. My daughter was agog. She was reading the book and she's like, did you, and she went, brought aluminum foil in with the little eyes like saucers. And she's like, did you know this? I said, did I know what? She said, you can make an axis. She points to the ends of the box. I don't think she even knows what an axis is. <laughs> Um, other, you know, other good ones. Like if you don't want your straw to move around, you can put it through the pop top on your uh, can. How to get ketchup out? You know, all the classics. He's got travel hacks. Anyway, that's a book I picked up. Just on a, a collection of things that he's uh, he's figured out. Yeah, yeah. It's very lightly written, but God bless him. Uh, I um, I you know, I, I love stuff like that. And you know what's great about you know, all credit to David Pogue, who I met one time. Um, is that uh, the nice thing about this book is he doesn't do that thing that the productivity sites do. He doesn't feel the need to have three page, three paragraphs of throat clearing and five links to other things that have already been said. It's basically one to three short paragraphs for each item. You can, you fit four of these things on two pages. It's great. Pokes basics. I'll put it in the show notes. 
do it. While you put it in, I will tell you about Squarespace, our third and final sponsor for this episode. Squarespace keeps getting better. They really do. They're always working. They work tirelessly. They're trying to make it incredibly easy for anybody with any level of uh, expertise or lack thereof to make a beautiful website. Sites will look professionally designed. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. It doesn't matter if you know how to code. It doesn't matter if you've even used a computer before. Because these tools are just that great. You get a free domain if you sign up for a year. What could be better than that? How do you do it? You go to squarespace.com. And uh, the code that you're going to use is it's your show. All one word. It's your show. You'll get 10% off your first purchase. You'll be supporting back to work. And you'll be making a beautiful website. You won't be wasting time, as we say, spinning wheels. Mm. When you could be doing something else, do the thing that you like, do the thing that you're good at, and don't waste your time on something like building a beautiful website. Because I'll tell you what, it's going to be better if you just use Squarespace. It's true. And it doesn't matter what kind of site. You want to do a, a photo gallery site. You want to do a one-page like landing site about me deal. You want to uh, sell stuff. They got built-in e-commerce. Uh, you want to ship it. They got built-in shipping stuff. It gets all there. It's all thought through. They've done it all. Even got built-in Amazon affiliate links. So if you uh, if you linked something on Amazon, you enter your affiliate code in, it'll convert that link into an affiliate link and make a few extra bucks. Like that's an example of one of the millions of things they thought of. Great company, uh, smart folks over there, and it'll save you tons and tons of time. The one commodity you can't make more of. Squarespace.com. It's your show, 10% off. Go there and support our show. Back to work with Merlin Man. Please keep Squarespace in mind. For your friends and family members who maybe are not as web savvy as you are or as tech savvy, they don't know how to push a GitHub to a production terminal. Like, just keep it in mind when you when you hear people talking about needing to build a site for for a school or a, a, an event or a charity thing, whatever it is, keep in mind you could save this person a lot of time and hassle and get yourself out of the webmaster business by pointing them to Squarespace. I I, I really want you to keep that in mind. These are these are this is a good company and they do it all for you. Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we really have time to do too many. Maybe we'll do one of these. We yeah. could do one feedback. Hit, hit it. Okay, I'll read you the title line and you can tell me which one you want to do. Okay, so this is just, this is the listener. This is the way I do this. I do three octothorps to make an H3. And then I say the, the listener and their name. And then I say my little summary of what it is in my own words. All right. You ready? I got three of these. Okay. Uh, listener Nick. Finding inspiration without crisis. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, number two, listener Arjon, sanely staying in touch. Listener three, uh, listener Tormod, setting a baseline and tracking progress. Inspiration without crisis is pretty good. But you pick. Uh, inspiration, sane in touch, baseline and tracking progress. Which was when you liked the inspiration one? I thought the inspiration without crisis one was kind of interesting. Yeah, let's that's what that. I'm calling it. That's my own words. Okay, let's, yeah, I say yes. Listener Nick writes to say, I'm curious if you have any advice on how you handle energy, inspiration, et cetera, from your friends and family and or people who are close to you. Things in my life are finally mellowing out and I previously used the energy and inspiration from those around me to build, help build an emotional ladder to help me get out of the hole I would spiral into when life would get stressful. Everybody knows that feeling. I'm starting to spiral less nowadays and could use some advice on how to handle this incoming energy and inspiration from others in a different way. That was kind of an interesting question. I mean, how, how do you answer that, though? 
Well, at, at length, as usual. It'll take me a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's complicated, yeah, says Merlin, really man. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll put my, my own spin on this, but uh, I think that's a very interesting question because what a uh, phrase I, I said recently on the last episode of Reconcilable Differences, um, young people don't realize that youth is an aberration. You, you feel that um, when you're young, and this I don't mean this as a criticism, except of course it is, but like, you know, one thing that's weird for young people when they're not young anymore is thinking that something has gone bad when what they don't realize is that if you're lucky, you get to live for a while and you're only young for really a little while. But that I mean, when you are young, you will have access to things that will not be there for your whole life. Um, for example, like you might be able to stay up a little later. You might be able to like eat different foods. You can recover from injuries faster. Uh, but to our point here, uh, when you are younger, you may also, once you overcome the self-consciousness of wanting to make things and figuring out the kinds of things you want to make, um, a a novel combination of internal tumult plus youthful energy and enthusiasm plus a lack of editing can be actually a great combination. Think about how many people you know who used to um, draw or paint as a kid. People who were really into music and then just stop. Well, why do people stop all of those things? Well, because life intervenes, but also because maybe you become more self-conscious. The nice thing about, about being a young writer is, like I say, once you get past the bump of saying like, Ugh! Am I even worthy of putting words on a page and asking people to read it? That's just one example. Like once you get past that, I mean, I guess there's a pretty good reason that a lot of our best known artists are people who produced a lot of stuff when they were young. And I guess what I'm just trying to say is that I think that, um, and, and I'm, I'm setting aside the entire range of emotional and mental health mostly, but you know, when one is a little younger, one is usually experiencing a lot of emotional tumult that can be channeled into whatever you're doing. It doesn't mean it's going to be good, but I think for a lot of people, that kind of inspiration comes out of what's happening in my life right now and how I feel about it, which totally makes sense because that's what it looks like art is about. It looks like art or any kind of creativity is about how I feel. And then I share that with the world, which is definitely a part of it. Um, just to keep this somewhat short, I think I think as you get older, if if you're fortunate, things become less tumultuous, less tumultuous, or they become tumultuous in a more boring way, a less inspirational way. Uh, eventually, you might get feel like you know. Uh, I mean, I back in Florida, I used to write songs about how I didn't like my job. You know what I mean? It's like you your sources for like what makes you want to make a thing, what you want to make and what you have to say about it really do change over time. I guess all I'm trying to get at is that the one of the upsides to that tumult is you may really find things to talk about, you know, like like the uh, the famous song from uh, Scott Pilgrim. I'm so sad. So very, very sad. The six second rock song. <laughs> you know, I think that as you get older, maybe that might still be appealing to you, but it kind of becomes less appealing as you I hate to say mature. But as you have different concerns and different hangups, and in this case, maybe different support systems, I guess what I'm trying to get at is people who have longevity of any kind in creativity, arts, however you think about it, I think learn to find inspiration from non-obvious places. And in many cases, they start to understand that inspiration is a little bit of a sucker's game to begin with. Is this making some sense? Yes, as? I think so. So... In this case, you know, if you have, and I'll touch on the mental and emotional health thing for just a minute, just to say that this is not in any way to discourage anybody out there 
from getting help for whatever they're feeling or experiencing. But like, you know, a lot of um, novelists and especially poets that I really like a lot were people who they didn't find out for a long time that they were, for example, bipolar. Like one of my favorite American poets, Robert Lowell, had a very difficult life with the caused a lot of terrible times for his family because he had uh, bipolar and basically every spring he would leave his leave his wife and go into some kind of a fugue state. Wow. He'd run around, he'd just show up at the orchestra and start conducting and he got hypomanic. And eventually that got treated. They gave him lithium salts for it. He was institutionalized for a while. But like he never uh, was quite the same after that in the sense that like it's it seems it it seems way too coincidental to say like, oh, you know, gosh, that's interesting. He got his life together and now he doesn't need to write poetry because he's not sad anymore. Well, I'm sure it's a good deal more complicated than that. But a lot of his greatest work when he was was when he was younger and more tumultuous. And I think that goes for a lot of people. So I guess what I'm saying is the people who can find a way to get longevity and maybe even improve at what they do learn to be inspired by different kinds of things. And if it isn't obvious from all of this prelude, I think one of the things you may find yourself increasingly less inspired by is how you feel right now. I think there is a very uh, common and understandable fallacy about making things that says you should basically treat yourself like some kind of a uh, sopping washcloth of creativity and you should wring out everything of what you feel right now and then go get a thesaurus to figure out how to say that or go write a minor key song about how you feel and you know that, that that there's always something to be said for that but i think as you get a little older and you're out of your own personal madness a little bit or your own personal tumult you start seeing inspiration in other kinds of things and that that might vastly change the way that you think about what you're making and, you know, in some cases it makes you, maybe it makes you a little bit of a dad and you write some James Taylor style songs or whatever. But I think, I think the, the way to think about this, uh, what's the exact question here? Um, I'm starting to spiral less nowadays and could use some advice on how to handle this incoming energy and inspiration from others in a different way. Well, I, I think everybody faces that and many people struggle with that. And I think one thing to do is figure out, for example, what what parts of the process of making things are particularly invigorating to you? And are the parts of that that invigorate you uh, reflected in the sorts of topics and products that you make? And furthermore, that like then do, does that continue to inspire you as you move on to the next thing? Are you kind of living this sort of artistic creative life where you see what you do as very integral to, to what's happening? And, you know, I, I think it's, I guess what I'm saying is it's not a coincidence to me that as people get older or as they or stick with their craft longer, the kinds of things that they do really, it does change. You may, I can only speak for myself, you may find less interest in uh, very provocative things and you may start to really enjoy or be attracted to more subtle things. Your sense of humor might really change. Your sense of what is sad and what makes that sad oh, right. changes. All that stuff changes. And I, I guess I would say, no matter where you are as, as you're going through all of that, be receptive to that. Because, you know, you could be somebody who's made stuff for a while under a certain set of conditions. And then once you're out of those conditions, you don't do it anymore because the, the crucible, the fire on that crucible has gone out. And I guess I would say, you know, in the same way that you, you know, have to learn to go to therapy to make your back work, or maybe sometimes you need to sleep a little bit more to feel healthy. Right. I think you also, it's, it's sane and normal to accept that being a pure beam of raging feeling is not a predicate is not required in order for you to be making stuff. And so those sources of inspiration, you know, might be around you. 
there's lots of exercises that you could do. I'm, I'm pulling here, I'm pulling out writing and music, but I think it applies to lots of different kinds of things. And it, it, it basically means getting your head out of your ass and increasing your scope of what you find interesting in the world. And if, if that is the focus of your work, what your place in that is. If you think about so much of the great stuff out there, it is only secondarily or tertiarily about the person who wrote it. Emile Zola, I don't think, was re- writing really about himself. His writing about these crowds was was about groups of people and what that means. And he has a point of view on that. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think Hemingway sat down to write meditations on masculinity. It just kind of came out that way. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, but I, I feel like to to grow as grow first as a consumer of culture. And secondarily, then to grow as a creator of culture, it helps to broaden your your perspective and your viewport. And in terms of exercises, I mean, notice the kinds of things that you're paying attention to. Notice the kinds of thoughts that go over and over in your head and be permissive with yourself about what you'll experiment with, knowing that you never have to show it to anybody. So your first kind of furtive attempts to make something outside of that former way of feeling are going to seem weird they're just going to seem really weird. It's like, it's like quitting coffee. It's going to feel very unnatural for a while, but like, you know, that's the way you develop as an artist and a person is to stay in touch with how you feel about what you're seeing. And, but then to also realize that maybe how you feel about it should not be the focus of what you're writing. That is a young man's game in a lot of ways Mm. is to like, this is how I feel right now. Uh, And more into like, you know, you could look at things like relationships, think more about like, you know, people in your family and like those kinds of things. I don't know. I mean, it's not a one size fits all thing, but I think there's hope for everybody who wants to keep doing that. And the the beneficial parts of being open-minded about what it is you want to make and how you want to make it can be a really good thing. And going back to that process part for a minute, you know, if this is not your jobby job, uh, that's a real benefit. That means you have some latitude, depending on how you like to work. That means you have some latitude on a whole bunch of things, the kinds of things that you make and how you make it. I mean, I, I think it's it's probably, on the one hand, it is pretty facile to say the little kid who likes playing with finger paints will turn into being a great painter. But conversely, I'll bet you the person who likes to paint probably really liked playing with finger paints at one point. There has to be something about the process that you learn to embrace, if not enjoy. And as you get older, it'll become clearer to you like what those kinds of things are. What kind of time do you have? Do you have like whole days you could spend working on a project? Well, probably not. You have to adjust the kinds of things you can make based on that. But I guess if there's anything in all this I'm trying to say is that like, you know, anyone can cook. Like you you could go out and do all of this stuff, but you have to be open to the fact that you're changing. And to be honest with yourself as an artist, you, you that has to be part of your awareness. But then maybe the next big jump is to go, it doesn't have to be about how you're feeling. It could be about things in the world. It could be about points of view um, just about what it means to be alive. And that, that takes a lot of courage, especially if it's not the kind of thing you've done before. We can all feel with great certainty that I'm mad. My parents suck, but is that really the thing you want to be doing when you're 60? And, uh, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my quick thought on that. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm, really? You think so? Yeah. Sixth anniversary episode. Can you believe it? <clears throat> hmm. I can. I can. I am no longer daunted by how quickly time is killing me. Yeah. I feel it. I can, I can see it. I can hear that in what you were just saying, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not trying to sound wise, but I mean, I am, I'm, I, I don't like, uh, I don't regret dumb things I've made in the past, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to make it about me, but I, I just feel like, um, I feel like 
you know, one great cause of cognitive dissonance in life is, and this does not have to be about Buddhism, but one great cause of cognitive dissonance can be that you are so fixated on the idea of who you are, who the you in that is, that you are missing a whole lot of really cool stuff in the world by, on, on the one hand, obsessing about who you are, because really get over that. But then on the other hand, like being constantly disappointed that you're not who you were in another time. And it's like, in some ways, that's the glory of being alive is that, that you're constantly changing. I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the comedy and the tragedy of life is that everything is always changing. And like, if you broaden your worldview to take that into account, you're going to start making something very different. It doesn't mean you have to be pretentious, but that also means that your body of work is not going to sound like a discarded Green Day song for the rest of your life. <laughs> and that's a good place to be. <laughs> About nothing and everything all at once. Hmm. Pachelbel's Canon. You know, you know that, that you can sing that to the, the Pachelbel's Canon. They're doing it, that song. I'm gonna have to play that back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. No, I don't have the time to listen to you whine, Billy. Anyways, that's our sixth anniversary wrap up. Dan, tell him one more time. Give it to him straight. Give it. Give it to him like a pear cider made from 100% pure pears. Where do people go to find show notes for uh, this episode? Ah, uh, this episode is at five by five TV slash B as in brothers. Two is in the number W as in the walrus slash three zero seven. And I'm so sorry that's so hard to type on your <laughs> iOS device, and it really is. You should put up QR codes. I, I heard those are getting yeah, big. That's not gonna do. Mm, not going to do QR code. Get a, what's it called? A cat. What's the cat? Q cat. Q cat. Q cat. Q cat. Q cat. Meow. <laughs> okay. Let's button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin man. Yeah.